WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint, where power and politics collide and the tough questions get asked and answered. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Ben Thompson. This week, we're talking about the state of abortions here in the Carolinas, one week after the Supreme Court struck down a constitutional right to have one. In North Carolina, abortion is still legal. Republicans in Raleigh have indicated they plan to introduce stricter regulations next year. Governor Cooper will veto any of those measures. Currently, Republicans don't have enough votes to override his veto, but elections this fall could very well change that. In South Carolina this week, the fetal heartbeat bill took effect, banning abortions after six weeks. State lawmakers want to tighten abortion restrictions even more. Now there's a bill aiming to ban all abortions with few exceptions. Joining us now, Charlotte Congresswoman Alma Adams. She's the co-founder and co-chair of the Black Maternal Health Caucus. Congresswoman, thanks for coming on. As always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. It's good to see you again. Good to see you as well. As you know, the United States ranks at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to maternal health and mortality. And when you take a closer look at those numbers, black women are, are three to four times more likely to die from a, a complication compared to white women. It strikes me that regardless of how someone feels about the issue of abortion, there's a real legitimate reason to be worried about some of our expectant mothers out there. This really didn't also usher in a systematic improvement in our health care system at all. What happens next? Well, first of all, thanks for having me uh, today. And I think uh, one of the things I want to say to folks in terms of the uh, what the Supreme Court uh, just did, uh, I, I need for people to realize that abortion care is still legal in the state of North Carolina. Uh, as well as uh, other states as well, even in South Carolina. Uh, it is legal for the first six weeks, and clinics are open, but if you can't get the care there, you can receive it uh, in North Carolina. Uh, well, you know, it, this decision doesn't change the fact that abortion is still healthcare, and people are going to need to access it, and now it's going to be a state-by-state -state fight, which is really... Uh, problematic as far as I'm concerned. I served in, in, in the state legislature and I know uh, that we should have uh, the same uh, rights throughout this, this country. So it, 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 so hopefully uh, at some point we'll be able to have a, 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 a law that will allow everything to be equal all over. But, um, you know, we're talking about other things that probably uh, will be ended based on the uh, the opinion of uh, uh, Judge Thomas uh, uh, when he mentioned uh, that we should reconsider uh, Obergefell and Griswold and Lawrence. And so um, I, I'm just really uh, distressed about the whole thing, but, uh, you know, I'm not distressed so much that we're not going to work hard to, uh, to make sure that the women have the right the people who need to have uh, an abortion and, and this is health care, that they'll have it and, and they'll be able to access it. How comfortable, how confident are you that abortion will remain legal in North Carolina? Well, I'm, I, I just believe that uh, uh, women are going to stand up, people, men and women. Uh, so, I mean, I, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on, I guess, who's in the legislature. That's always the case. Um, uh, you know, I tell folks you don't change policy until you change policymakers, change their minds. Or, you know, we have another uh, way of changing them. But uh, I'm hoping that um, we will be able to appeal to uh, our state and that it will still remain uh, legal. Uh, but, you know, it, it, but I think if, if people continue to speak out and speak up 
that um, we get folks um, uh, prepared for this fight because it is going to be one. Um, uh, hopefully we'll be able to maintain it. Um, what's this mean for maternal health? You've come on this show talking about maternal health for, for, for years. Um, what changed in the last week? Well, that means that uh, uh, black and brown women are those who will be impacted the hardest, I, I believe. Uh, those who live in rural areas, those who have lower incomes and can't afford to cross state lines for care, uh, young people, LGBTQ people, and, and uh, women in abusive re relationships. Uh, but we know that um, we already have uh, concerns about um, um, black women and the fact that, that we're dying at higher rates in terms of giving birth, et cetera. Uh, this is going to exacerbate the problem. So um, I'm concerned about that as well. Um, you know, if you, if you have the funds, if you can travel, uh, and, and that kind of thing, then you don't have to worry. But so many people don't have that and uh, won't have it. And so it's going to uh, impact um, uh, these women probably at greater degrees than others. What's wrong, you mentioned this earlier, but, but, but what's wrong being that, that states are different, North Carolina and South Carolina are different, North Carolina is different than say Massachusetts. What's wrong with this being decided on a, on a more local level? Well, because, well, listen, as I said, I've served uh, in, in, in the state uh, in the state house and uh, differences uh, we see differences among uh, folks who, uh, who who are serving uh, they have different opinions about uh, women's rights uh, LGBTQ people's rights and so we should have the right that, 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 that folks have in North Carolina if it is the right right it should be available to folks in every other state. And so we should not be uh, judgmental in that way to say that uh, you can be treated fairly. You can determine uh, your own health care. You can determine what to do uh, uh, with your body only if you live in a particular state. I mean, that should be available to women uh, and folks uh, in every state. And so that's the problem when you do a state by state. You're going to have differences. Uh, in all over the country. And so we need a uniform system and it needs to be available to everyone. The rights should be available to everyone wherever they live. They shouldn't have to travel. Uh, they, they don't have the funding. Uh, then you've got, if you've got children, and we understand that a number of folks who have abortions already have children. You, you, mentioned, so, you mentioned gay rights uh, and it being this last week, the end of Pride Month, I feel I should ask, what does this mean, if anything, for, for married gay couples, gay families in North Carolina? Well, that means that, that all of these things could be overturned. Uh, when you look at what um, Judge Thomas has put, has, has asked to have put back on the table, uh, we're talking about everybody being impacted, in, in, including uh, uh, folks, LBTQ people, uh, straight people, uh, everybody. This is going to impact um, every single person. So. Um, I am, you know, it, it goes further than uh, when we say that this particular decision uh, was designed for uh, keeping, uh, doing away with Roe v. Wade, uh, with Roe, uh, but yet when we put these other things on the table, we, we're, um, you know, think other things can be impacted and, and will be, including uh, who you can marry, 
personal decisions uh, that you want to make about your health, uh, interracial and same-sex marriage, uh, the right for queer people to exist in public, the right to contraception, all of those things uh, will, you know, have the possibility of being impacted now. Final question. This week you held a, a men's health forum. Um, we've been talking about women's health, and that's a very different, distinct um, conversation. Um, your first ever men's health forum, which is also important for, for very different reasons, though. Well, yes, we, you know, men, for example, uh, unlike women, uh, too, too often, more often than, uh, than, than women, don't seek medical attention that could improve the quality of their lives. Um, they avoid talking about uh, their, their health conditions with their families and friends. They suffer in silence, we say, uh, uh, because they don't want to, to share. And so uh, we're hoping that this forum will, you know, provide some light on that subject. We know that, uh, that men, for example, the, the deck is stacked against them. They have a life expectancy of 76 years. Uh, women have uh, a life expectancy of 81 years. And so uh, four times, uh, you know, four times more likely to die by suicide, less likely to visit a doctor, for example. So we're hoping to encourage men. Uh, June, of course, is uh, Men's Health Month. Also, we celebrate Father's Day and men. So we want them to, our men to remain healthy because these are our sons, our brothers, our husbands, our fathers. And um, they're not just statistics, and they shouldn't be. And so we want to get them on the right path, keep them on the right path. Uh, so that uh, they can uh, live a good quality, uh, long life. Men, women, moms, uh, doing your part to make sure your constituents are, are healthy out there. All right, Congresswoman Alma Adams. Congressman, thanks for coming on. As always, we appreciate it. And thank you so much. You have a great day. All right. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. Joining us now, Davidson political science professor, Dr. Susan Roberts. Professor, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks. Listen, I know you've studied abortion and the law for decades in addition to politics. Um, given that leaked opinion a month ago, I know we expected this ruling, but um, knowing you and knowing your, your, your vast knowledge on, on these topics, what was your initial reaction? I wasn't the least bit surprised. I mean, I think that I was surprised at um, some things in the rulings, of course, I was surprised at Clarence Thomas kind of wanting to extend the sphere uh, beyond just um, access to abortion. But I've looked at it for, you know, at least 10 years as one group, Americans United for Life. All over the country, pieces of legislation were in place to circumscribe abortion, um, access to abortion in any possible way, things about um, assisted suicide. That's anything that they consider life affirming. So all these laws were just waiting for um, the floodgates to open with this Dobbs decision. And, and given that, you mentioned uh, Clarence Thomas's uh, concurring opinion and how he brought up contraception and, and, and same-sex marriage and same-sex relationships. But but given the, the focus that you just laid out uh, by pro-life groups over the last several decades and, and the work they've done on the local, state, federal levels. Um, it, is it fair to draw comparisons? Because the, the pro-life movement has been um, one of the most patient and powerful movements in our country's, country's modern history. It really has. And I think what um, they've done is over the last um, several decades, they've diversified their approach. So you have one group that's going strategically 
and incrementally to chip away and erode abortion, access to abortion, and um, really behind, um, you know, underneath the radar. And then you have groups such as the Personhood um, Alliance that they're going to, to look at uh, defining life at, you know, a fertilized egg and giving that um, egg constitutional rights. And then you have other groups, uh, the heartbeat legislation. So it's very diverse. And, and some of them really thought if you just overturn Roe, that should be the end of it. But it's just really um, for people that are pro-choice activists, it's really just opening the floodgates. It's going to be um, the wild, wild west when it comes to um, access to abortion, contraception. People just don't know what it's going to be. And if I had one word to, to say, I think it's a feeding frenzy on the side of the uh, pro-life activist. And I think right now it's just a frenzy on the part of the pro-choice activists because I just don't think they saw the, the breadth of legislation that was out there. Politically, what does this mean for the midterms here in North Carolina, but also across the country in your view? Well, I think it um, the dynamics of a midterm election and political scientists hardly have anything that's like a rule of physics, but a midterm election is usually a referendum on the president and the economy. And President Biden is not doing well on either front. Um, so all things being equal, um, it should be a red wave where we saw 2018 was a blue wave. And so you expect the president to pick up seats in the United States House, uh, the United States Senate, and then all the way down ballot. So um, unless the pro-choice advocates can really turn this uh, into this kind of anti-Dobbs into what 2018 was an anti-Trump, I see that there'll be um, big losses. Uh, the Republicans will continue to make gains in state houses. And I want to show a graph that I'm not sure you'll be able to see, but you've probably seen the, the general idea of it before. Um, and it talks about the, the sort of future of abortion in North Carolina. Whitney Ross Manzo, professor at Meredith College, took a look at Supreme Court decision on Old North State Politics blog. Uh, you can see the graph of how Democrats, Republicans, unaffiliated folks feel about what kind of law North Carolina should have. Um, generally speaking, th th this was taken leading up to the decision, but it, it appears that, that on the left-hand side of your screen, a lot of people want a law that's the same as Roe. And then, of course, once you break it down to more than Roe, less than Roe, then it goes down, breaks down along party lines more or so. Um, what do you yeah. think about the future of abortion here in North Carolina? Well, I think if you look at, um, you know, the, the prospects for Republicans uh, gaining back at a supermajority, it's very, very good. And I think North Carolina is a state um, that, uh, you know, really is one that the Republicans have just been um, waiting uh, to be able to enact more and more conservative legislation. And with the, you know, Republican Party, going um, more and more into the kind of conservative ideological culture war. I think it's more likely that North Carolina will see in the next, um, uh, after the midterm elections, might even see some heartbeat legislation. One thing that, that you know, I've studied these groups kind of granular, and um, Yadkin County in North Carolina was the first um, county in the United States to become what they call the Personhood Alliance is uh, a sanctuary city for the unborn. And it really just means that they're going to defy unjust laws, activate the community. It doesn't have a lot of, um, you know, clout in terms of what's going to happen, but it's part of the kind of hyper-local 
um, you know, pieces of legislation or uh, pieces of kind of activism that can happen. What do you think it means, um, back to the topic we brought up a few minutes ago, what do you think it means for um, the future uh, of uh, gay marriage? Well, I think it's um, it's not a it's not a logical extension, but I think that you know logic may have nothing to do with it. And um, I think even if you look at uh, laws concerning surrogacy for same-sex adoption, um, this may be that is probably the first thing that will be eroded because I think it is directly tied more to um, uh, what they would call you know kind of life affirming or contraception, and so. I, I actually am not one to, to make those projections, but I think that at least some in terms of surrogacy and uh, in vitro fertilization, they're definitely on the table. And, and what do you think this says about the general shift about the country and, and what it's going through? Do you think like these decisions and the decisions of the Supreme Court reflect a more conservative lean in the country or, or do you think there is a disconnect? I think there's a disconnect and I think there's been um, a really, <laughs> there's been a complacency on um, the side of the pro-choice movement and it's really the the conservative menu and the agenda including critical race theory um, all sorts of initiatives are ones that people just didn't see coming in terms of how they were um, and i use this only in the sense of using them but they've been exploited by some governors around the country and um, i don't think people anticipated this um, I think if you look at the number of states that have trifectas in terms of the Republicans would control the House, the Senate, and the Governor's Mansion, um, you have uh, a preponderance of those. I think 24 of those are controlled by Republicans versus 13 that are controlled by Democrats. And so if you have that many state houses, and these things are now at the state level, um, you're going to see much more restrictive legislation all the way down the line. Uh, and, it, and it's been an intentional effort. I mean, you know, I read an article the other day about how the most underreported story of the Obama years was the, the sort of takeover of Republican legislatures uh, in, in all 50 states and, and how at the time um, not a lot of people were paying attention. But um, Republicans in many, in many cases, both legislatively and policy wise, like with this case, uh, have been putting in years of work. Um, yes. and, and to the surprise of perhaps uh, of many. All right, Susan Roberts, politics professor up at Davidson. Professor, thanks as always, we appreciate it. Thanks. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. Right now, North Carolina is one of the only states in the Southern US with no immediate plans to ban or further restrict abortions. This has a Charlotte abortion clinic hiring more staff as it prepares to deal with a possible wave of patients. WCNC Charlotte's Indira Skiba shows us how the healthcare professionals there are preparing to deal with the impact. If we have a patient and we live in a state where we can't provide emergency care and we help them seek emergency care in another state, could we be prosecuted? I mean, these are real questions that may come up. Duke Health Dr. Beverly Grace says health providers are facing a lot of questions and uncertainty since abortions are no longer a federally protected right. North Carolina is one of the states with no current plans to ban abortions, which means more women may travel here to seek care. 
We've been hiring more staff, looking to secure doctors who may now be out of a job in certain states to apply for licensure here in North Carolina. Um, we've been adding um, clinic days and expanding hours as well. A Woman's Choice operates three clinics in North Carolina, including one in Charlotte. It says it's already receiving calls from women as far away as Texas and some as close as South Carolina. We are in a position to right now see more patients than we currently have on the schedule. So we are able to schedule more patients and see folks from out of out of state. Indira Esquiva reporting for us there. More Flashpoint after this. Folks, welcome back. Come interact with us on social media. If there's something you want us to talk about on Flashpoint, let us know. And as always, remember to listen to and subscribe to our podcast. You can find it wherever you get yours. And we'll see you back here next weekend.